you know, even if he lost, he had a goal one meet and he's like, dad, even if I lose, I'm not going to cry. That's I'm like, good. There you go. Building fantastic. resilient humans here. That's fantastic. If, if you can learn that at age, you know, 10, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited for your next 70 years. 100%. 100%. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another fabulous episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. And I have with me Adam Lane. Adam's been with me before, so rewind and go listen to that. I think it's a long time ago, so you're going to have to rewind a lot. Adam is owner of Oak Strength, and the dude's got some elite performance background and all sorts of cool things, but really kind of, I just like to jam with Adam, and so on the show, man. Yeah. Scott, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yes, it's exciting. It'd be better if we were in the same room. It would be. be really cool. It would be. But, it's you know, that. We should get yeah. that done. Well, I love Texas. Well, once my private jet is up and running, we can come pick you up. Gotcha. <laughs> Maintenance is a son of a gun, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, and, and fuel, fuel, yeah. fuel's the biggest yeah. problem. That's the problem I have right now with having a private jet. Is the fuel. Uh, <laughs> well, you you got to make sure that your flux capacitor is working appropriately. And ooh, that was a good iron one. on all cylinders. And, that was a good one. So we're gonna jump right in. I, we were talking. I like stop. We're gonna yeah. get recording. I was on your podcast not too long ago, and we started yeah. talking about. You know, I nerd out on data, totally nerd out on data, health data specifically, other data I give a rat's ass about. But health data, I, I seem to, well, business data is really important to me too. Maybe I'm just lying. But stupid data, you don't yeah, lie. stupid data. So you found out that I was using a glucose monitoring system, like a continuous mm-hmm. glucose monitoring system, which was originally designed for diabetics. And I was like, hey, my numbers are really wonky. I'm not diabetic. My, I have a great insulin response, but my blood sugar levels are through the roof. So I had my amazing doctor, Adam, prescribe me one, and I've been doing that off and on, and it's given me such incredible data on like the things that just spike my blood sugar are crazy. Mm. And I was able to dispel a bunch of myths. People are like, oh, if you drink su- sucralose, it's just like sugar, it spikes your levels. I'm like, no, it doesn't. I know because I look at the facts. Mm-hmm. I look at, I know exactly what works for me and what doesn't. So it's been a super tool. And then you're like, ooh, that sounds interesting. So now you, you, you show your, your underarm and you have, yeah. you've Boom. got the, the circle of magic. So how's it been going? No, it's, it's been good. It's so interesting. Right before we hit record, I was telling you that I wish I wasn't such a psychopath where like I eat something and then, you know, check five minutes later, we're like, where am I at? What did I do? Okay, blueberries. Oh, ooh, okay, I'm good. But it's such a, and I, and I want, this is day three. Like, no, I'm sorry, day four. So like, I'm not that far into it. But this aura ring for me has gamified sleep. And right. now it is it is a game for me where I don't know every night's going to be perfect and, and, and stuff like that. But like, you know, Adam wants to go to bed early because I, I know that if I get a good score, I'm going to, I'm, I'm feeling better the next day. I'm a better overall human dad, business owner, husband, the whole shebang. And if I don't, I'm off my A game and a little frustrated with that. And so I have really felt good these past few days because there's still, and we're, my wife's very moderate with stuff, but there's still the chocolate ice cream sitting in the, in the freezer. It just, yes, sir. I, I haven't even tried. I haven't even looked that direction because I know it's going to mess up my graph and I don't want to mess up my graph. And I probably should at some point here just to see like, 
if I just have a little, like how much it spikes it, you know, or how yep. much it goes up, or you know, if I eat the whole thing, like what it does. But but it's more of right now a, a game where I mean, similar to you, I got and, and it's it's nothing crazy, but I'm not I'm not proud of it because it's it you know we own a gym. I've been active my my entire life doing active things, football, baseball, basketball in high school and triathlon, you know, in college all the way into my early 30s and did the Wisconsin Ironman and, you know, I don't know, half dozen half Ironmans. And I think I did, I don't know, 45 races over a matter of 12 years or something like that. Like it was, I really enjoyed it. Like it, it was really fun. And now to be 43 and I got my A1C taken, whatever, three weeks ago, I came back as a 5.9. Ooh. So di- diabetic is 6.5. Yeah. So I'm not there, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Right. So I'm really like, you know, as you know, and I, th- I think you might fall into this category too. Like we're active people. We, we do a lot of active things and then there, you know, then there's the stress of the gym or business mm-hmm. and, and stuff and family and things. And I mean, just this morning, my, my, we have our first soccer games tonight and my youngest is on a white team, white shirt, you know, white, white shorts. And we had leftover spaghetti for breakfast. Um, so you can see where this goes. So now he has a half orange, half white uniform. We're stopping everything, throwing it into the into the washing machine, like, you know, trying to fast forward through the cycle so we can, you know, get out and blah, blah, blah. Anywho, children. Yeah. Anyway, just one more stress, you know. And so to have that blood sugar or A1C at what it was, I'm not happy about it at all. I'm not, I'm, I won't say embarrassed, but like, son of a gun. Like, you know, there's just, it, it, it pushes me when I get home at night after, you know, late night at the gym going like, I don't freaking care what I eat, you know, right. What there are cookies here. Fantastic. Thin mints, like awesome. Sounds amazing. Hey, I'll, I'll eat, I'll eat this meat. I'll couple it with this, these cookies and meat and cookies. Like that could, that could be my diet. So it's really been nice these last few days to, to have this stupid freaking game that I play with myself just to see, you know, where my graph goes and I don't want it to go outside the little, the little band and, you know, spike too high, but it's really been nice to learn, learn some stuff about myself. Yeah. I, I treated it just like you. It's uh, like, what is going to spike my insulin too high? What is going to keep it high? What's going to lower? I did find walks after eating, uh, do incredible. It was so crazy. I'm like, uh, wow. Like I was totally experimenting. And so, okay. Walks lower my blood sugar levels. And we all know that, but it's like, eh, I don't want to go for a walk, but you don't, you just go for a saunter. It's not even like exercise. And I already walk two and a half miles a day in the morning and do my exercise. So I was like, well, it's just awesome time with my wife and dog. And then it would go down. And then one day I was like, how, you know, I was set, kept noticing the things that would make it go up. They were pretty obvious. Some of the things that people said would make it go up didn't. But then I noticed I had some, I had some all beef, uh, you know, really natural sausage, but super high fat, super high fat. And my levels were like starting to go up. I ate that and it just bombed. My 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 blood sugar levels just went down. And I'm like, wait, what is going on here? And so I've experimented with super high fat foods. You know, mostly natural, super high fat foods. Guess what they do? Yeah. They bring my insulin levels way down. They actually help regulate. I'm like, well, this is really interesting. So I learned so much. You know, and I actually have lost quite a bit of weight. If I don't, I don't care about the fat. I'm looking just natural, lots of protein. I can do a protein shake too, and it brings it down a little bit or a protein, some sort of protein supplement. So for me, it's just given me really good uh, parameters. And then it makes me gamify it. So like, oh, if I eat that, that 
ice cream, this little alarm on my thing is going to go off and say my blood sugar is way too high. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. It's not good. And then you also watch your response because response is incredibly important to whether you're going to be diabetic or not. And the problem with our system right now, I think you know, Adam, is that a doctor will do nothing for you if you're pre-diabetic. They're like, oh, you're pre-diabetic. We're going to have to look at meds soon. And then they don't do anything until you're diabetic, and then they put you on meds. And there's so many other things you can do between point A and point B. And um, that's really where I kind of had fun with this thing. So not to complain, Scott, because you run a very happy, positive podcast. You can But the conversation I had with my doctor when, you know, I got these results was not a positive one. And I'm asking all the questions and sitting in the waiting room, looking around, I'm an Olympic athlete compared to everyone else there. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and and let's be clear, I'm a very average 43 year old, but I was so frustrated because, because I told him like, Hey, you know, I have this aura ring, you know, it it gets the sleep stuff when when I'm on, I'm on, I feel great. My sleep has improved so much. Like I could show you the data, like here, look at my graphs. I'm like, I've heard phenomenal things about like, I, I, I digest a ton of Peter Atia and, you know, the stuff that he puts out and it's, you know, absolutely fantastic with these CGMs. And I'm like, I, I think this would be absolutely fantastic for me to nip this in the bud before it gets out of control and blah, 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 blah. And he basically just nodded and was like, yeah, we can't do that. I'm like, I, I, like my, my, my wife just had some shoulder surgery. She had a pinched nerve in the shoulder and just nothing major. Like they went in there and kind of opened up the nerve bed a little bit and she's doing very well and whatnot. But they threw enough meds at her to kill, you know, kill a bison. Mm. And <laughs> I can't get a CGM. <laughs> To, right. Like, and I want to, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, and obviously I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm in that pre-diabetic, you know, space. And I was, I, I walked out of that doctor's appointment so frustrated, so insanely frustrated. You being diabetic makes the doctor more money. No matter how much we, people say, well, you're wearing a tinfoil hat, the pharmaceutical companies make it so freaking profitable to get people on pharmaceuticals. And it's just I don't know that they consciously do it, but that's how they're trained and that's how they're wired. And they're like, no, we're not doing anything for you. You don't need a glucose monitor. You're not diabetic. You're not going to die. But I'm going to wait till you're about to die and then I'll then I'll put you on something. It's insane. And I'm I'm blanket. I'm I'm blanketing these comments. I mean, there's some like I have an incredible doctor who's out of state. I pay a monthly fee to have access to him, but he orders mega labs for me, which I think is incredibly important for men and women to be very in tune with what your labs are doing. And then also have something to, to read them. Uh, story there, I got, he, he, he did a major blood panel on me. Like I said, throw everything in there. And he did. He was totally on board with it. And I got it back and there's all these warnings. I'm like, dude, I'm freaking out. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. let's get on the phone. And he gets on the phone with me. He's like, okay, we're going to go step by step. I'm like, well, what about this? He's like, just chill out. Basically, it came down to is what, what those labs will say is you're close to this or you're at risk here, but they don't take, there's a lot of other data that you have to take in line with those levels. He's like, yeah. Scott, like literally you are not preferred levels. You're super optimized levels on everything except for your A1, your A1C. Everything is super optimized. You're doing things right. I'm like, oh, He's like, and he went through and he explained every single thing. Everybody needs a doctor that explains that to him instead of like, you get these red marks on your lab. You're like, oh, I'm dying. And it's not the case. It's just these random markers that doctors made that usually it's too late or too little. And it says, get this guy on meds. 
And it, a lot of times those are not needed. There's natural, real ways that we can fight this stuff. And knowledge is power in yeah. this category. So I'm, sa- I'm, I'm, I'm upset you had that experience. But if you ever need a referral, anybody listening, reach out to me. My guy kicks butt. And I save a lot of money just using him instead of paying high dollar when I go to a doctor. I pay monthly, but it's awesome. Yeah, I might... I- I, I might need that. And side note, for listeners that didn't realize that Scott Ramage was Wolverine, I mean, come on. It kind of goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, of it was uh, It was weird. It was very fun to hear. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you better believe it. <laughs> and it's bomb-proof, friends. Like, All that course. work. All that Jeez. work. But so uh, has any food surprised you? Nothing specific. Like I've, I've been like dialing in things for a long time. I find something that works. And, and the schedule gets goofy with me too. Like it just, cause we, we homeschool our kids. Mm-hmm. My wife is a full-time teacher. So she writes the curriculum on the weekends. I execute it during the day. My boys are fifth grade and second grade. For the most part, they're pretty efficient, but you know, we run into, you know, it's hard to learn math on your own sometimes. Yeah. Like, Oh, just look at it and learn. Sometimes you can, sometimes, you know, you need some explanation. So depending the, you know, the, what the morning looks like with the kids and whatnot, I wish I could say I had this phenomenal, you know, consistent morning routine that never worries or never worries. That's not a word, Barry or whatever, but I don't, <laughs> I don't at all. That'd be awesome. A few more years for the, the kids to get up. So long story short is it's just, I, I really try to, I mean, I look at the aura ring, look at my readiness, how I slept and then kind of base the, the days of workouts and you know what I'm doing during the day, you know, podcasts and things and meetings and calls and gym stuff and whatever, you know, around how I'm feeling. So I wish I could get more planned out with it. But to answer your question, I did not re- realize, and it's not huge, but I did not realize the the blood sugar spikes with exercise. Yes. Where like I went out for a run uh, two days ago, and nothing exciting, like just a little, like a little intervaly thing, like a minute on, thirty seconds off, minute on, thirty seconds off. I had a little calf thing, just little whatever because sometimes i get after things too hard so i'm just like oh we'll get into it but that brought it up but it also came right down too after i was done so and that's good that's what yes. i mean that's that's good i felt good about that and then the only thing that was a little tricky two nights ago came home late from from coaching nine ish or so i i had under eat under eaten most of the day so i'm like okay i'll just just eat some clean healthy stuff here you know before i go to bed you know, I'm way under my protein goal, blah, 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 blah. And I had, I forgot what I had, some ground meat of something, you know, with some salsa and some dates and some blueberries or something like that. And oddly enough, so it was like at 9, 9.30, right around like 10, you, you saw it go up. And then like 10.30, you saw it go down. But then somewhere around like 2 a.m., it went whoop, way back up. And I, I do not know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if, like, I don't remember waking up. I was asleep during this time. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what happened there. So then the 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 next day, you know, came home. I'm like, I'm, I don't want to see that spike. You know, forget this. I am not eating. I don't care if I, where I'm at nutritionally. I'm not going to eat. That was pretty good on the day. But then, yeah, no spike. Just nice, flat, you know, 80-ish, you know, blood glucose. And felt good. So I think that, I mean, obviously, I you know, it's, this is not uncommon knowledge that, you probably shouldn't eat super late at night, but I think for me in my situation where I'm at right now, it's just a really, really dumb idea. And if I can front load the day with my nutrition and then very little at night, I'll yeah. balance this better. But I mean, Huberman says to stop eating two hours before be- bedtime. And by the way I track my sleep, just like you, and blood sugar 
it is a game changer. So you do have to be very like, we have to work hard to get all your calories that you need, all the pro I, I bank everything on protein. So that's how I judge. So the amount of protein I need in a day. And I've just learned that, okay, dinner is my last thing I'm going to eat. That's really hard. But yeah. I've just noticed that's a really good way to level out the blood sugar levels, keep them good through the night and as well as sleep. You said uh, monitoring your using your aura ring. I use I use a different device, but uh, my HRV last night was absolute trash, which t- generally will tell you that you're physically not ready for exertion. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm just, I want to scream it from the mountain type. Guys, have some sort of monitor. You don't have to be a nerd about it. But like if you if I were to go in the gym and do a 40 minute CrossFit workout, I'd be doing myself harm. So today I was like, oh, hey, guess what? I'm going to work on my my super awesome uh, biceps and triceps. I'm just going to keep it easy. I'm going to push. I'm going to push on that. It's not going to be. And, you know, I felt great. I still got in and did something, but I'm listening to my body and I'm listening to my body through data. So it doesn't have to be expensive. There's ways to do it cheap. Adam, I just kind of play with all the expensive tools to do it, I think. (laughs) And again, I go back to Scott. I wish I wasn't such a psychopath and needed that, like, because really, it's like I'm that person trying to lose weight. I step on the scale every three minutes and then can't figure out why I'm not down, you know, a pound or half a pound or whatever. I'm like, gosh, like I just think the way I'm wired up, like I want to see, and and that's why I really like the CGM, like in real time. My worry is that I'm going to learn a lot from this. I'm going to know all the strategies. I'm going to understand when I should and shouldn't eat. I under, I'm going to understand what foods I can eat, what foods I can't eat, what food should I kind of put together, you know, mm-hmm. so if I do have, you know, some type of desserty thing to eat, some type of, you know, fatty thing before that to help that, that insulin thing, I think I can learn all that information, but then still really want to see it in real time right. because I'm a crazy person. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping I will learn and become normal, but it, it's been – just the way I'm wired up, it's it's really nice to be able to to see that in real time and 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 have that gauge. And I'm re- I'm really curious. Like my my goal is to keep my my average you know uh, blood glucose below ninety on, on you know throughout the day every day, and then in three months go back and get my A1C done and see where we're at. Yeah, you have to have um, it three months, and then see this is interesting because my baseline is way high. My baseline is is like in the high level, my normal. And that's one thing that people need to understand is your baseline, your body may be completely different than other people's. So we have these, these baselines set by average data. A lot of us aren't average. But what, what, what I was looking for, my doctor finally said is like, Scott, chill out. Every time it spikes, it comes right back down and you're not having to give yourself a glucose shot or insulin shot. She's like, this is good. You're responding well. You just have a different level, baseline level than everybody else, and and understand that that's okay because we're monitoring everything in your body. And so, but that's awesome. That's a really good baseline level. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. jealous. Oh. <laughs> well, and I think that's my frustration. Like, I don't have, I'm not overly unique in any of this. Like, I'm, I'm I think I'm a very normal person with very normal genetics. Lanes. That's what we are. We're very normal people. There's there's nothing <laughs> exceptional about us. So j- just to to see myself get up to where it's gotten to, I'm just I'm frustrated. Like this shouldn't have happened, and I'm to blame, and I need to fix this. Yeah, I love the personal accountability. You know, and and more data, more data. Three months, then oh. three months, then three months. We'll talk after about how how my doctor does it, so you can kind of get the the insight on that because I think. Yeah. 
everybody should have a functional doctor. Yeah. A functional doctor is someone who looks at what we can do in to keep you from being on meds. What's really cool is for him, he's like, hey, Scott, like, there's try this, try this, try this, try this. And then here's the deal, Scott. I know you hear a lot of things bad about metformin, but for someone like you, it might actually be really good. And then I started, I heard Peter Atia say it too. He's like, oh, here's yeah. why some people should have this. I was like, oh. And, but he's, that's like last ditch effort. I mean, he's like, we're trying Berber Cap, we're doing all these different things, ashwagandha, whatever, all yeah. these things. And I'm watching all my levels. I'm watching all my stuff to see how I respond because I am data driven like you. I don't want to just swallow stuff for the sake of swallowing stuff. So Mike, plead every man, if you're listening, is make sure you have a good functional doctor. And if you don't, it's, it's a little bit of a search. Mine lives in Colorado and I uh, have to visit Colorado every year. But, uh, but, but I, I, I talk with them on the phone anytime I want telemedicine. It's freaking rad. So what else you learned out about lately? And this is slightly off topic. Oh, cool. Off the health thing. I have fallen in love with, we, we, I've gotten a great opportunity on, on our podcast to interview some very, and we run two podcasts. We have the Happy, Happy Healthy Strong podcast, yep. which is aimed for normal adults, you know, doing very normal things, you know, again, trying to be happy, healthy, and strong. And then the other half of our business and the second podcast is Oak Performance Radio, where we, we interview these, you know, athletes and tell stories and, you know, more that, that athletic, you know, athletic journey yep. that people have. And the volleyball club that we're partnered with, their overarching company is a company called League One Volleyball, who's attempting in which to, and well, not attempting, in the process of creating a professional women's volleyball league in the, in the U.S. And so they have some NIL athletes, these name, image, and likeness athletes that are, that are in college that, you know, Molly Phillips, who's down at University of Texas, and mm. Sheridan Leverett, who's out at UCLA, and, did it, and there's a handful of guys, uh, Allie Holland at Penn State and whatnot. And so they, um, they want to get these athletes out there, you know, in, in front just to kind of build this this momentum because they have these league one clubs, you know, who play and get excitement. And then, you know, here in, you know, at the end of 2024 here, we're going to start with, you know, with, with the professional league, which will be, which will be awesome. I've had the pleasure of interviewing a, a bunch of these kids and then a, a bunch of phenomenal, you know, coaches on top of this. And it's so interesting to listen to the, the journey that they go on and which to, which to get there. And, you know, my kids are young and I'm trying not to be that psycho parent, you know, who's, insane about, hey, you like playing soccer, so we're going to play soccer 13 months a year starting at the age of five, and we're never going to take a day off, and we're going to travel, you know, from Illinois to Texas to Hawaii to Brazil, because that's where the best Texas, or best, best Texas, best soccer is, and, you know, these are all the things that we're going to do, but in in talking to the, these athletes, and not only recently, but even, I mean, we started the podcast two and a half years ago, so many of the college kids who have, you know, come through our doors and, and stuff like that, it's really interesting to hear what they did growing up, what their parents had them do growing up. Most of them didn't start blank sport at the age of five and never weaned from it ever. A lot of them started with something else and then something happened and they got bored with it or they got hurt or, you know, it just happened that, you know, a club volleyball thing opened up down the street. And so I guess I'll try volleyball. It seems okay. Da, da, da. And so it's been really interesting for me to try to, I want to raise my kids and I want them to excel in sport. I want them to have fun in sport. I love sport, but I don't want to be that crazy person right. because I see so much burnout in 
kids and sports and especially club sports and the volleyball club that we're associated with is phenomenal. And there are so many clubs out there that are just money grabs and Mm -hmm. it makes me so sad, but it's been so much fun in which to really kind of coach our athletes. And then also my own children at the same point in the way of trying to be like, you want to be focused on on the sport and the stuff thing that you're doing, but understand that if you're going to play baseball, soccer, volleyball, whatever, 12 months a year, that we need a plan to make sure that that you stay healthy and strong and that you enjoy this whole process and that you don't get burnt out because you're really excited right now and you're 15 years old. And if you quit when you're 17, I'm going to feel like a failure. You might feel like a failure. And we don't want that sport to define you. We want you to really tr- find joy you know, with, with, within this you know, journey of athletic endeavors and whatnot. So it's been fun. So Scott, when you ask a very simple question, what do you what do you think about that? That's that's been my thing. Where I'm looking at like my, my kids just finished wrestling season, you know, a month ago, and then soccer started up, and they absolutely loved wrestling. But I love seasons because yeah. <laughs> they were kind of done with wrestling. Like they right. they kind of needed a break. The weather finally got nice here in Northern Illinois. We got outside. Oh my gosh, the sun, Scott, the sun. Oh, I know you know what it's like. But up here in Illinois, we don't see it till May. So oh, finally, we got some sun. We have some good weather first soccer game tonight, but it's just fun. Like, I I don't think my kids are going to be, you know, collegiate soccer players, but like, you never know. But I also think that their soccer is going to help their wrestling and, you know, and their wrestling is going to help their soccer. And, you know, the soccer is going to help the tennis that they play in the summer and they don't play it that seriously, but you know, we go to the little club thing and, you know, they do it for two months. And so it's been fun where like just trying to find, find the best for every athlete, trying to help, our parents of these athletes that we train do the best for these kids because it's not always about giving me more money so we can train them and yada, yada. Like sometimes less is more with that, you know, athletic performance training. And sometimes you just need a freaking day off and you need to sleep and you need a weekend off and you need to relax and, you know, go for a walk in the sun. Well, our, our audience may not know, but you do in your facility a lot of elite performance training. And to hear you say that, I hope you dads are listening and stop shoving stuff down your kids' throats. Like, sure, they love baseball. Absolutely. At what point are you going to burn them out? Like, because you have a dream or you see potential in them, but the kids need to be kids. And when you look back at, you know, you have your research, you've interviewed all these folks. And my wife is really into this. And she refers to some studies and she's like, no, 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 no. No, no. There's prodigies out there. Yeah, sure. They've done, you know, Tiger Woods, he's done golf. That's what he does. That's it. But there, when you look at such a small percentage, when you, when you look at the people who really succeed in, in sport professionally or at the college level, almost all multi-sport athletes, almost all of them have like this varied athletic background. A lot of them started really digging into one and then switched. Like you said, this is so common, and yet so many dads out there is like, my son's awesome in baseball, and he's baseball, beast, baseball, baseball, baseball. I'm like, that kid's going to use that bat against your head in about five years. Or he's going to do it for your, he's only doing it for your approval, and you're creating a very negative relationship that you probably had with your dad. So guys, do a little thinking, and, and if I'm convicting you, good. Get your head out of your ass, and have fun. Let your kid have fun. There you go. <laughs> Do you agree? No, I, no, I completely agree. Last night, 
Reed, my oldest, his practice got moved up half an hour. My youngest practice, it, normally they practice at the same time, but coach had to do something, blah, blah, whatever. So whatever, he got done with practice half hour early. So I'm like, hey, buddy, you want to go watch lacrosse practice over here? And la- lacrosse practice in the back corner. Uh, he's like, sure. Da-da. And we walk over there. He's like, dad, that, that looks pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, bud. You know, they, you know it's a little physical. Like, cause they, they were working on the... How do you start the lacrosse game? Oh my like, gosh, I have not, no clue. Not a jump ball, but like yeah. the ball's on the ground and they're in there and somebody yells go or there's a whistle or something and then like they're pushing on each other to try to, you know, whatever. I don't it's know awesome. what it's called. I know. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so athletic and physical and obviously you need the, you know, eye-hand stick coordination with the whole thing and it's just neat. He's like, Dad, can I can I do this in the fall? I'm like, buddy, I would love you to, but there's I don't think there's lacrosse here in the fall. We're we're not quite the East Coast here, you know, so it, it, it would be. But like they would have it in the spring if you you know if you want to try it in the spring. It's like I, I might I might do that, you know. And so I think, you know, I mean to your point too, like it just the, the you know we've had John Wilborn, you know, from head of power athlete on the podcast, and um, John played in the NFL for ten years, and John growing up didn't play football until seventh, eighth grade, something like that. But he, he did a ton of boxing. Mm. Um, so when it came to, Hey, put your hand in the dirt, set hut. And now you have to put your hands through the chest of the guy in front of you. Turns out he was really good at that. Um, (laughs) but then even like, um, I know a buddy of his Kyle Turley, um, who played with the saints, uh, offensive lineman. Um, like he was a surfer, like he was a 265 pound, six foot five surfer, Turns out he had some athleticism in him. And it's just like all of a sudden you just had to introduce him to the football field and say, this is how you play the sport. And he figured out extremely, you know, quickly. We have, and, and God love them, but we have, we have some, you know, some dads who love their football, mm-hmm. um, you know, up here. And there's, there's the club football starting at, I don't know, I think six months old. And <laughs> probably it's, you know, it's only $4,000 a month to play. Too. It, it, it is. And I can't imagine what you guys have in Texas. Like it's probably, <laughs> it probably puts us to shame. Um, but you know, we, we had these, these little kids that played nothing else at the age of like eight or nine or 10 than, than, than football. And I'm looking at it and, you know, and I, then I look at, you know, again, my kids have never played football. Um, they might, oh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. My wife's not excited about that, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think my youngest would do pretty well. Um, but like these kids don't, I, I watch my kids move and I, I watch, you know, these football kids move and these football kids do not move well, like in the way of squatting, getting down, getting low, getting leverage, lowering your, your, your level. Um, and I remember playing football, like I, and I did not wrestle. I should have wrestled because I do not have the body of a basketball player. Um, but I gave it a heck, heck of a try, but like, these these wrestlers would always, you know, come out for football. I worked so much harder in the weight room than they did, but then we get out on the field and that wrestler strength. Oh my gosh, was that a real thing? Oh yeah. Um, like they could get you know get leverage and, and drop their level and 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 use their hands well. And you know, guys smaller than me would mess me up. Like what the yeah. is going on here? Like, like <laughs> I I I'm in the weight room five days a week. I have this program. I do more more reps, more sets than what's written. And I'm getting shown up by, you know, Ryan Mason, who's a, you know, 155 pounder. And what the heck, um, you know, and I'm running around at 190. I don't don't get what's going on here. So, um, but I I just think it's neat, you know, from a mental standpoint, then also a physical standpoint um, of, of switching things up, staying active, um, different sports, different seasons, but then also just doing work. Like, Go mow the lawn. Go shovel the driveway. Um, you know, don't just have dad do it all. <laughs> right. Functional. Um, you know, yeah. Or, or, yeah, you know, just just do that stuff. Cause I, I I guarantee you, so many of our, our volleyball athletes, like they don't they don't 
touch any of the yard work and that'd be so healthy for him. You, you want, you know, good rotation, go, go throw some mulch around. Okay. Yep. Right. <laughs> you, know, you want a stronger core here. Let's, let's start with that. Yeah. And I mean, it's really cool hearing you say this since you do run a lot of performance. I mean, you have a general pop, uh, offering, but you also work a lot with the volleyball club and you have some really cool technology in your place. Yep. What is the, I mean, this isn't what we were planning on talking about, but it's it's very interesting. Uh, what is, who is the person who is the person that should have their kid getting uh, specific training in a gym like yours? Who who is that? So, typically, <laughs> in the world that we live in, I would say almost everybody. Um, in a in a more perfect world, it'd be less people. Um, Sadly, we, we find ourselves instead of just like, hey, here's our program. Um, like Power Athlete has a great program called Bedrock. It is a fantastic program. It's a four-day-a-week program. It is simple. It is progressive. It is linear. I love it. Most of our kids can't run that because of how all over their schedule is mm-hmm. um, and the travel and the sport. So many of our kids are, are training in season and stuff like that. And so we find ourselves kind of filling instead of like – driving training and and you know getting bigger faster stronger which is you know the goal yeah however we find ourselves kind of filling the holes that these athletes have um and that's you know to go with what you're talking about with the the force plate technology we we're, we're partnered with a group called sparta science um they're out of uh silicon valley area they're they're, they're absolutely fantastic. Um, we've been with them for four years now. I have not regretted a second. I absolutely love everything that they do, but athletes are able to jump on a plate. We're able to see how they create, transfer, and apply force. Um, and if you do that insanely efficiently, you are probably happy, healthy, and strong. And if you don't do it efficiently, it's either A, you're about to get hurt, or B, you're already hurt, <laughs> or C, your performance is not where it where it could or should be. That's cool. Um, and then you take into account the sport that they play, are they in season, out of season? What position do they play? You know, offensive lineman is going to be totally different than a defensive back, um, which is, you know, different than a, you know, baseball shortstop, which is different than a baseball catcher. And so just taking all those things into account, uh, if the baseball catcher also happens to play basketball, um, you know, and football, and he works on a farm, like that's a different conversation than if literally this baseball shortstop is just a baseball shortstop and they do they do nothing else um because if they do we have to really fill those gaps because this kid has one job you know is to to pick up the ball and turn left as he throws and to do that hundreds of times a day at practice um you know taking infield just playing catch swinging the bat you know we're, we're almost trying to undo and, and and fill those gaps that they have because really it's it's low-hanging fruit um you know, if we can if we can pick the low hanging fruit and, and keep them happy, healthy, and strong, keep them on the field, that's the biggest thing. Because we find with injuries just sucks, and it sucks to come back from. You take so many steps back, and a lot of kids don't make it back. Um, and that's the that's the thing that really makes me sad. Yeah. If we, you know, we're not perfect. I I wish we were hundred percent perfect all the time, but weird crap happens. Um, weird things happen. Like you could be the safest driver in the world and still get in a car accident. So, um, but it's just. Some kids I've seen come back beautifully from injury and some kids don't come back. And I don't want that to be my kid. And I feel for those kids and those parents. And so, yeah, you see athletes, student athletes that are injured and they're in this, like, they're only going in for training for, you know, for that specific thing, that very specific thing they do. Then they're injured. They're getting rehabbed. Then they're back. They're not 
they're not well-rounded, so they're literally going to be stuck in an injury cycle because there's so many other things left undone, and yeah. like you're not helping them. <laughs> it's it's crazy. You're actually hurting the future they have in that in that sport. It's yeah. crazy. Well, and and what we see with again, this is why I love the Sparta piece so much, and we we look to fill their gap. Um, I see I see other sports performance places, um, not doing that and just being, um almost overemphasizing their, the, you know, whatever hole they have. So it's like, Hey, I'm a golfer. Hey, let's do a lot of rotational med ball right. stuff. Well, like literally every time they swing a club, that's, you're doing the same thing. I'm not saying you don't want to put, you know, yards on the drive. I get that, but it's, it's, it's probably not the, you know, creating a force piece, you know, that an application of force it's, it's, it's the, you know, locking it down and putting the brakes on because how many golfers do you know that have low back issues? Basically all of them. Right. So, <laughs> You know, so now all of a sudden it's, it's, again, it's, it's not the acceleration, but it's, it's, it's the breaking point that we need to, um, you know, keep them healthy with. And, and I think that works for, you know, every single, gosh, I'm going to say every single athlete, like our volleyball players, it's yes. A lot of it's the jump. We want them to jump high, but you know, what's important, more important than jumping high, landing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause and they, you can't jump if you don't land right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And well, and that's where injury happens. So like, I mean, that if, I rarely see kids hurt themselves taking off the ground. I see them when they land, whether they come down on somebody else's foot or, you know, or they, they just come down with their feet all cattywampus and, you know, and, and blow an ACL. We, we had a girl early this year and it, it absolutely broke my heart, uh, but she landed like a duck and, you know, the, the right foot was out and then the right knee came in and I'm just like, oh, kiddo. Um, she's a great kid. And, you know, so this is where we, we work our tail off and come back and, you know, do all the PT and just make sure that we, you know, do everything in our power to, you know, keep her, keep her enjoying what she's doing and, you know, having fun with it. Cause it really, again, at the end of the day, she's 15. Um, we got a lot of time. <laughs> right. And I don't even care about college sport or stuff like that. If it happens, great. You know, there are a lot of fantastic opportunities. However, I, I want you to just be a functioning adult um, and, you know, be happy, healthy and strong later in life after, you know, Whatever it is. Yeah. But, and, you know, there, there's just savants out there. There's people that, you know, Michael Phelps that does nothing but swimming and wants to do nothing but swimming growing up and, and is wired that way. And we have to understand that. But that living healthy, what a lot of people don't understand is that ultimate performance, like ultimate performance, top level athletes really aren't in the healthy spectrum. They're, yeah. they're so dialed in, in a spot that they're actually not healthy. They're ultra performers in their area, but there's a lot of places that are not at functional, peak functional or optimization levels. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? No, you are you are spot on like that. And and honestly, if it if it was the and this is where I, I, I get upset with our high school kids. We have so many high school kids that burn their candle at both ends. You know, they 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 walk into practice, they they look absolutely exhausted. Um you know, I find out that they went to bed at two thirty in the morning. They woke up woke up at five thirty to finish whatever project for whatever the heck the who. Um, they skipped breakfast because they didn't have time, but they drank coffee, so that's great. They, they get to lunch. They they had to do you know makeup AP you know chemistry you know with with Mister Tolls, and so they 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 missed lunch. Um, and then on the way to the gym, they had a half a piece of pizza and some gummy bears. And again, they're running on three and a half hours of sleep, you know, and a little Starbucks. And and here we are, and we're here to train. Um, now, if you, you know, you know what our, <laughs> our, or, or a ring and whoop strap would say, it'd be like, holy cow, go home, take a nap. Right. Um, and if it's the, 
you know, championship game of whatever. Yeah, push yourself. Suck it up, buttercup. Get after it. But if it's a Tuesday <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're just trying, like, we're just not getting anywhere. And that's that's where I, I, I struggle with so many of these athletes that, like, they, they push and they push and they push and they push and they, 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 they grind. And this is where the club sport thing comes in. Like these club sports are not, it's not three months, it's six or seven or eight or 12 months a year. And there's, there's never a break. And so you're just, you're just rinse and repeating. It's like Ferris Bueller's day, you know, not Ferris Bueller's, um, Groundhog's day. Groundhog day. Thank yes. you. Oh, no, wrong movies here. Jeez. Um, you know, and, and it, you just get complacent with what you're doing. So, oh, whatever, I'll eat whatever, it doesn't matter, get through it. And, and then, then we plateau out, and then we don't get better, and that's very frustrating. I think you just, and you're right. There are, you, oh, no, go ahead. You just gave a parental list of items to look for. You know, skipping meals, not having time for meals, not enough sleep, uh, doing unhealthy things, going and pushing all out when you are not rested or... One, you're going to affect their performance in school. It's going to be harder for them to perform in school, if that's important to you. Two, it's going to be hard for them to perform when it time, comes time to perform. And when it is time for, to perform, you need to have enough in the tank that if you don't have all the store, stores that you need and you had suboptimal sleep, you have something to draw from. Because then you do have to step up to the plate. You do have to perform at peak level, even when you're not optimized physiologically. So I think parents, them hearing this is probably really good. How are you? Um, uh, kind of last topic. So you homeschool your boys, right? Do. And how are you involving? I, I, this is kind of a dumb question, but I, I kind of want to dispel a truth about or a, a fallacy about not being homeschooled in performance. Like, how are you going to keep them in the game, if you will, if they're not going to a school? Yeah. Are we talking from a sports side of things? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We So part of this is we're kind of a year by year thing. This is not like, they're never going to school ever. Da, da, da. Reed, our 2B, he'll be in sixth grade next year, is doing a um, almost like a Christian hybrid homeschool thing next year. So he's he's there Tuesday, Thursday, yeah, yeah. which will which will be nice. And really, they should give him enough stuff to teach him everything. And then honestly, we'll just kind of monitor it. And again, I'm a former seventh grade math teacher. My wife is a current seventh grade science teacher. So I, we know some things about curriculum layout and, and stuff like that. And let's be clear. I only understand math. I understand nothing else. can barely read most days. So it's, it, it, we're going to see where, you know, if there are any holes or gaps in, in mm -hmm. anything and, and try to fill those on our, on our own. And if they're not, maybe then we're, then we're good. Our third grader will, or to be third grader will continue to, you know, homeschool. So all that time outside of homeschool stuff is very important to us. Our kids are, I mean, they're, they're here at the gym right now. Quinn's finishing up his, <laughs> he didn't get everything done this morning. So we're, he's, he's finishing up some stuff. Reed got everything done this morning, but he's, they have some, we have a club basketball group that's, that's in the back corner that, that has a court and they have a buddy over there. They are not basketball players because we're lanes and we're short and we're squatty, but they're, this kid they met like three weeks ago and now they're best buddies and they play basketball together and Landon's the man. He's such a nice kid. You know, so we have, we have David, who's the massage therapist, you know, son. So he, he he's at a local private school. He'll come here at three o'clock, you know, and, and they play. So th there's, we have some advantages in the way of, you know, just within the gym, right. you know, getting them here, getting them around people and friends and, and they'll work out with some of the youth kids. They'll just jump into class and, and stuff like that. We will make a very concerted effort to keep them in a sport almost all the time. So wrestling ended, you know, back in February and, 
soccer started up in March and that will go to June and then we'll do some swimming and some, some tennis. They got plenty um, of opportunities. That, that, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and just keep, Hey, come fall. I mean, last year they did, they did soccer again, um, but we got to kind of have to figure this out. My frustration with soccer now is for my oldest is that in sixth grade, there's no, they're in like the junior league right now. So it's, it's not club. It's just a 10 week season, but it's not the rec league where it's like random dads right. coaching. Right. Um, Cause I, Let's be clear. I should not be coaching, you know, soccer. So they actually have like intelligence, but come sixth grade, they don't have that. So it's either a, he has to go rec league, um, which honestly I think he'll be bored with, or B he's got to go club, which is supposed to be like a nine, 10 month thing. So we've had conversations with the you know director of the club being like, Hey, you know, our kids wrestle and blah, blah, blah. And, and indoor space is always a thing. So he's not overly concerned if he misses like the three months in the winter, you know, for wrestling. And so just, just working that out. But honestly, our church is a big piece mm. of making sure that they, you know, they have friends and, um, you know, we, we have that, you know, communication with other humans outside just themselves. And we have really had to make that a priority just because I think it is really easy for homeschool people to just do the homeschool thing. And I know when I taught, whenever we had a homeschool family or homeschool kid, like come into class, like new, uh, often they're a little bit weird. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, I, sure. I, I don't want to have the kid that I don't want to have the weird kid. Yeah. And, you know, and again, I, I don't know how, how far this will go. They might go to the local, you know, public high school. We'll, we'll, we'll see how, you know, we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Yeah. That's, so. that's interesting. It's good. I mean, there's no, that I think the whole point is, is there's no lack of opportunity. Um, yeah. I mean, heck here, soccer is huge. Every sport's huge in Texas, but soccer is huge. <laughs> And like they had the state playoffs, our our school. Everything is huge yeah. in Texas. My son's school, the women, the girls won the state championship, and we're like, well, we shouldn't have won because there's this one school, South Lake, that always wins. Like, oh yeah, three their top three players didn't come to the state playoff game because they had a club game, and they yeah. will literally they have been programmed. You do not choose your college, your high school team over club. It's crazy to me. It's so weird. And I guess that's where the recruiters are. So then now you've kind of developed this whole thing where you got to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to be seen by recruiters. And it's, it's, it's quite the business. <laughs> There's some people making some mad money doing these, doing these games. Hey, more power to them. People are willing to pay. They're providing a service, but it's, I think, I think it's really important for parents to understand all the options out there and understand yeah. the implications of the choices they make for their kids and then understand maybe the signs of when their kids burn out or injured or ready to have a little break instead of pushing through because that might end everything on its own. Yeah. 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 I, I had one of our volleyball players, they got done with a three day volleyball tournament down in like Louisville. And I mean, so that's, nine, 10, 11, 12 games over, you know, those, those three days. She's a junior. She's an athlete. She, she's a, she loves working out. She loves working out. So she, she, she texts me on Monday. She's like, and we don't practice today. What should I do for a workout? <laughs> I'm like, well, Grace, how do you feel? She's like, I'm a little tired. I'm like, I need you to go out for a walk in the sun do some stretching and then go to bed as early as possible. Yep. And she, she came to the gym the next day. I'm like, how'd that go? She's like, I went to bed at nine 15. Like, yes. Like, there we go. There's, you know, sometimes less is more. I, I think it's interesting and I don't know, not to toot our horn, but like, I don't want to lie to people and, 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 and trick them on what membership to get and stuff like that. Right. And, but if, if I have a 12 year old, you know, that wants to do some 
training with us, which I think is great. I think that's that's fantastic. Like I, I can teach you a lot of stuff when it comes to that. Do I need to see you four days a week? No, I do not. I want to see you two days a week. <laughs> and that is it. Yeah. What about three? No, nah, no, no. Two is good. Two is good. Keep your money. <laughs> There's a, Let, let's, yeah. let's just you know, do what you need to. I think that's really good. And I think it's really a, a really wise thing to share. And a couple of years ago, my son was in middle school and he just couldn't run fast. Like it's just like the foot, his running pattern was all off and we're like, ah, oh, he just doesn't have second gear or anything. And we, um, we just like, Hey, do you want to get some coaching over the summer? We just did like, I think it was one day a week or two days a week with a speed and agility trainer with, for one hour. And the, we did that because when he went back to school, his confidence was so much higher, but he was so much faster. And we were not doing for any specific sport. It was for confidence. So there's also these other places where you could kind of like dial in and say, hey, like, let's do a little bit of this. And and it was just an extreme confidence booster. You know, kids were yeah. like, yeah, you're slow. And then all of a sudden, they're like, whoa, what the heck just happened? I got beat by you. And it's just a little tweaking of... of but we didn't take him in four or five days a week and run him ragged. It was hard workouts. We didn't. We didn't do that. Yeah. It would have been. It would have been nuts. He would have hated us. Yeah. So, so Scott, I have two, two thoughts. That's a that's a beautiful thought right there. First thought is I find those athletes that come to us that like, hey, I need some strength training da, 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 or some speed training. Great. Let's do some speed training. Let, let's look at your running form and 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 you know form and function and, and what position and and da, da, da. Let's see what happens. Kids who have done nothing but played blank sport. You know, like I, I pick on our softball, baseball kids, okay, because they can hit the crap out of the ball, but they need to because they are so slow that if they <laughs> don't hit the heck out of the ball, they're, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to get to first base. Right. And they, they run like ducks and da, 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 da. If these baseball or softball players have also done gymnastics or did some basketball or did some football or right, they have some other skills, they can maybe they can do push-ups, simple push-ups. They can do push-ups. They can do pull-ups. Um, they, they can do these other things to teach them a run. They learn like that. It is so fast. But if they haven't had these other experiences where they're not very well-rounded, like we can teach them to sprint, but gosh, it takes forever because it's they don't have the, the strength outside of this one movement pattern of, of swinging a bat and throwing a ball you know, or fielding a ball. And, 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 and that's all they, they have because that's, they've done that over and over and over and over and over. And then thought two is the the biggest compliment we have gotten from parents is not thank you, Adam, for making you know Lily jump higher. No, uh, hey, thank you for making her stronger and more explosive. It's hey, Lily has more confidence right now than she ever has, and you know she, she she's kind of a tall you know volleyball player. She's tall, you know. She used to like walk down the hall like this because she didn't want to be taller than the boys and da da da. And now she walks with her shoulders up and you know smile on her face, walking through the you know. She likes being strong. She likes you know being competitive in the weight room. She watches Molly you know deadlift blankety blank weight, and so she has to do blankety blank weight plus a little bit more just to you know you know put her ahead of it. And and that that confidence piece is such a big deal. And that's why I think I love the weight training piece so much. Like the weights are such an important thing. Guys, girls, in my opinion, doesn't matter. I think it's good for everyone. Adults too. Hey, son of a gun. It's really good for adults. Oh my gosh, you're having my wife on your podcast. She'll probably go off on this. These women are like, I don't want to lift weights. And she's like, the number one way you can help your hormones, your weight, everything, your bone density, everything is lifting some heavy weights. You just have to do it. Well, I don't want to look like a man. I don't want to... It's not going to happen. You know how hard people have to work to get looking like that? It is not going to just magically make you bulk up. So um, 
anyway, yeah, but we could go on a, a pedestal there or a soapbox there. My boys both started doing um, very consistent workouts and their confidence is just skyrocketed because they literally have the bodies. If you take your shirt off and they flex, I'm like, holy crap. Uh, that's awesome. So, but uh, the confidence level, the confidence is just insane. And so, hey, parents, give your parent, give your kids opportunities to gain confidence. Uh, and I think that's what I love about sport. Yeah. That's where, you know, there's winning and losing, you know, say specifically wrestling, like Reed, my oldest got his butt handed to him the first two years of wrestling. He won a couple and whatnot. It was bad. This year, the light finally came on mm. and he started to win. And, and now all of a sudden he's the one that like, you know, shoulders are back yep. and Hey, let's do this. And, you know, even if, even if he lost, he had a goal one meet and he's like, dad, even if I lose, I'm not going to cry. That's I'm like, good. there you go. <laughs> Building and resilient yeah. humans here. I, 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 oh man, I struggle with, you know, you lost, who cares? Move on. But that's, that, that's fantastic. If you, if you can learn that at age, you know, 10, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited for your next 70 years. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Resiliency. It's a really good skill to have. Adam, it's been awesome. People can check out your podcast. Those links will be in the show notes. I'm going to tell them to do that. One, you can go okay. hear my awesome yep. wife and talk about Kimberly Joy Fitness and women's health yep. and whatever you guys are going to talk about. So yep. men and women, go tune into that because my wife is ridiculously awesome. Adam is ridiculously good looking and awesome. So you should listen and watch and, you know, just tune into his stuff. If you live in that area that he's in, go check him out. I know he has awesome adult classes. I've been kind of plugged into his business and watching him for about three years now. And I can, I can attest that it is, it is kick-ass world-class awesomeness going on there for every age and every level, which is really cool. I love what you're doing. You're making a big change and uh, keep monitoring that glucose, man. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna do that. Well, Scott, I'm gonna plug you now because I, I absolutely love what you're you're doing for men. I think it is so freaking hard to be a dad these days. It's so hard to be a husband these days. It's hard to be a kid these days. Guys need the support. They they need to know that you know it's it's not just you on an island. Which honestly, owning a business over the last eleven years, that's how I feel at times. Oh, yeah. Way too often, you know, I'm I'm by myself, not knowing what to do, making stuff up. I'll try that. Oh crap, it failed. Oh, I'll try that. Oh crap, you know. But to, to know that, oh my kids doing this. Oh crap. But to, you know, I love being on this podcast because you know, and I love having these conversations with you because because all the things that you're doing, again, specifically with dads, you know, helping them get to, you know, just to be the best, you know father, husband, you know, they can possibly be is a huge deal. Thanks, so I appreciate you, dude. Yep. Now, now you get to come back on for after doing that. I appreciate it. I'll pay you later for that <laughs> plug. <laughs> but uh, uh, I thank you guys for listening. Adam is someone you want to you want to tap into. I've listened to some of his podcasts. They're really good. They're really good. There's this really handsome 49, almost 50 year old guy named Scott who's on his podcast once in a while. Yeah. Um, Episode 68. Yeah, maybe. All right. Maybe. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of them in there. I mean, I know you've interviewed Rob Wolf and some other really amazing people and just some regular people on, and you have multiple podcasts. So people tune into those and, uh, tune into our next episode and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. 
If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.